Seeing, uh, now I know they know how to travel, so my expectations are through the roof for these folks. But give, us, give us just some information about it, if you would. Okay, yeah, we, we uh, are having our annual spring conference, May 5th, 6th, and 7th. That's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're having um, uh, Brother Justin. He's going to be with us, Brother Lee Hamill. Um, put me on the spot, Brother Joe, and I can't remember. Um, give me a moment. So, Brother Lee, Brother Justin, Brother Paul Reynolds, and Brother Jim Muriner. So, um, so th those are on the slate. And then, most likely, Sunday, we'll have a surprise uh, preacher. And so... Be praying for the lot of them. And uh, come and be with us. We'd love to have you. We'll start on Friday at 7 p.m. And just the same format as the schedule here. 7 p.m. on Friday, uh, 10 a.m. on Saturday uh, with a meal in between. And then pick up services around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And then uh, Sunday morning at 10. So if you can come be with us, let us know. And if you are coming, let, let us know how many you have. If we can work out accommodations for you, we want to do that if we can. Um, this year, uh, the, the brethren that are coming and their families that are coming has kind of got us pushed nearly to capacity. Uh, but uh, give me a call and let me know. We'll do what we can to try to put you up if you want to come be with us. Thank you, uh, Maria Baptist Church and Brother Joe, for your hospitality, uh, for the love offering. You know, I don't know about this, giving love offerings to brethren that come to preach before they get the preaching done. That's kind of risky, I kind of, th I think, but thank you so much for that. And uh, may the Lord bless you. And thank you, brethren, for the messages. I, the, uh, you know, it's just, it's good to meet together to hear the preaching of the Word of God in a concentrated way. That's, that's never a bad thing. Concentration. It helps us. It pulls us away from our responsibilities and duties in the world. It gets us uh, focused for a longer period of time upon the things of the Lord. You know, I, I trust you've been able to focus upon what's being, what's being preached in the worship of the Lord uh, in that, and the singing and the praying and that. It's just good to come apart from the world that way, um, and we get we have a taste of heaven. I mean that that's we have a taste of heaven, um, and as has been said, and and I'll say it again: if that is not a, if that's not a blessing uh, to us to to you, then introspect before the Lord because this is the way it's going to be in eternity, but better. Because we'll be relieved of all the physical impairments that we have, the distractions of our minds, the tiredness of our body, and sickness and all those things. We'll be home with the Lord, and uh, it's just going to be wonderful forever, bright. We won't have to worry about the air. We won't have to worry about eating, fixing It'll just be wonderful. We'll be we'll be adoring our Lord and Savior forever. What a day that will be! Well, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad I'm here, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to preach again. And um, stay with me. Stay with me, okay? And and let us uh, look into the Lord's Word, and and we pray that He'll help.
help us together as we consider the next uh, thing that we want to look at, I want to bring into you. We took a look at last night about the fellowship in the gospel, the fellowship that is in the gospel. And there in Philippians chapter 1, we, we, we see some facets of it. And so we have some uh, facets of it described into us, so it's defined. We have some examples of it that are intermingled there. And so we, I trust that we understand about the fellowship that there is in the gospel. And this church at Philippi was commended for that, that they had this fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Remember, remember when the brethren first came there and they went out to the riverside and, and where prayer was wont to be made and they preached unto those women that were there and, and Lydia was saved and her household was saved and, and they were, there was great hospitality uh, that was extended. And then the, the thing with the, the damsel that had the demon possession and Paul was grieved by that and, and by the power of the Lord the demon was cast out of that woman and it put the city and the people there in a stir, and it got them put into prison. But then the Lord worked. They were witnesses of the truth and, and, uh, and witnesses of their, their hope and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ there in the jail. And, and then the Lord uh, delivered them, released them from the jail, and the jailer was brought to his end. And he pleaded and cried unto them. He's going to kill himself. Paul said, don't do yourself any harm. Don't do that. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? He cries unto them. He said, repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not only good enough for you, but it's good for your whole household. And he was saved. And you know what? That, that then brother took them down to his house and washed their stripes and tended to their needs and fed them, and, uh, and then took them back to jail. That's where they were to be. And, uh, and then that whole thing about the magistrates, when they found out that they were Romans, said, uh, okay, uh, go down there and let them out. Just tell them to leave. And then Paul let the cat out of the bag that they were Romans. And there at the end of that chapter, they, were, they went, rather than leaving town, they went into Lydia's house. And uh, that fellowship in the gospel. And so he's writing to them, and we saw these different facets of it uh, last night. This afternoon, I want to take a look uh, at the scriptures and, and see, uh, continuing in that thought, we want to see the fellowship in the gospel that requires faith of the gospel. And that was uh, brought out to us there, of course, in Philippians chapter 1, verse number 5. For your fellowship in the gospel, he's commending them from the first day those things that I just mentioned to you there in the book of Acts, until now. So they've been continually faithful in that from that first day. And then we saw in Philippians 1.27, let, only let your conversation, what they think, what they say, what they do, that's conversation, think, say, and do, be as becometh, let it be becoming uh, of the gospel of Christ. Let it be a match. Let it be a good testimony. Don't let our conversation be a stumbling block to the gospel. But let it be a match. Let it be in line. That whether I come to see you or else I be absent, I may hear of your affairs, what, are you, what you're doing, your conversation, that you stand fast in one spirit and with one mind, 
striving together, striving together, pardon me, they are working at it. Diligence, uh, uh, understanding, they want wisdom from the Lord. They need knowledge from the Lord about that. One mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ indeed brings faith. It is our Lord Jesus Christ has been mentioned there in John chapter 14. He declares he's the way and the truth and the life. By his death, burial, and resurrection, repentance of our sins before God and faith in him and his gospel, sinners like you and I are saved, have been saved. There's that faith of the gospel. There's that faith of the gospel wherein we enter, if you will, by the gospel we enter into faith. But then standing in the gospel and this fellowship in the gospel, there's a faith that we continually have that represents that gospel. What's being seen in our lives? You know, listen, know that this is true. You and I do what we believe. We can say a lot about what we believe, but we do what we believe. And our mouth is the final thing that gives away what we believe. Lord Jesus said that the mouth gives away our heart. Okay. So, when we consider this, of this faith of the gospel, faith, fellowship in the gospel, and this faith of the gospel, uh, what are some examples? We get down to the... Where does this come from? Where did Paul get this? What is the example to you and me that conveys to, conveys to us about this fellowship, this working, our conversation uh, in the gospel, what, what it should be? What, what's the practical practical uh, application, as Brother Mel brought out? You know, it's one thing to know the Word of God, but to take it and put it to use. It is of no good if we don't take it and put it to use for it to have an effect, an impact in our lives and those around us. Well, who is our example? Well, our example is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our example. And so, what are the examples? The example of our Lord Jesus and his fellowship in the gospel. I'll tell you what. If we can understand and see that, we will know the truth about it, won't we? So what is it that Jesus, what is it that Jesus declares by his life? In Philippians chapter 2, we have a fine introduction to this in in the verses 1 through 11. Philippians 2, verse number 1. If there therefore be any consolation, any comfort, any encouragement, any exhortation, if, if, if there be, if there be a, a, a succoring, using a, a Bible word, if, if there be any consolation in Christ, if there be any comfort of love, if there be any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels and mercies, that's, that's this yearning that Brother Joe has been mentioning about uh, f- feeling the the burden of our brethren feeling undertaking the burden 
with our sister churches. Weep with them that weep. Laugh with them that laugh. Fulfill ye my joy, you Philippians, we that are here today in his churches, that ye may be like-minded, have that same mind, having the same love as the Lord Jesus Christ, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, for self-attention, but in lowliness. Let things be done in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. We've got to be considering someone else rather than ourselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Be looking at what's going on with them, what the need is with them. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That mind, that way, that conversation, that thinking that is in Christ Jesus. We don't say was, is in Christ Jesus. He lives forevermore, right? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to, robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto the death, unto death, even the death of the cross. And so let this mind be in you. That Jesus, being God, did not say, I will not step down from who I am and my station. He said, rather, there is a need and I will step down. I will become meek and lowly and I will come in obscurity that I might save my children. Jesus saw a need, if you will, speaking as a man. Jesus saw a need, and he met it. And there was, it, wasn't, it wasn't that there was a half a dozen that could supply the need. He was the only one that could supply the need. Made himself of no reputation, verse 7, took upon him the form of a servant, which was made and was made in the likeness of men. Can you? Uh, we can't imagine it, but I say that to you: Jesus, God the Son, God Almighty, becoming His creation, becoming a man. He submitted Himself to conception by the Holy Spirit of God within His mother Mary. He went through full term and gestation. He was delivered. He was a babe that had to be changed and had to be nursed. And he was a, a little, an infant and a toddler and a little boy and a young boy and a young man and a man. He, I, I can't, I, I would not have done that, nor would you. But he did. He did that. He, he stepped down that he might be a suitable sacrifice. For us. Being found fat and in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He became obedient unto death. And then even that, he submitted himself to death, 
even the death of the cross, which is, was the most terrible death in that day. But he was willing. He saw the need. Because of that, wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. <laughs> and that is right, because he, he did what he did for us and for sinners and all that he has saved and will save. And so that's a quick description and, 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 and to the depth description of his fellowship in the gospel. But let's look at some other things quickly about the example of our Lord Jesus and his fellowship in the gospel. If we see it in Jesus, that means it's something for you and me to follow. He's our leader. Is he not the leader of Berea Baptist Church? Now you've got an under-shepherd. He's the leader of Olmstead Baptist Church. Other churches that are here represented, represented. He's the leader, right? He's the leader of his children, we who are saved, right? Oh, let's look at his fellowship in the gospel. In Matthew chapter 18, uh, and I'm going to keep you busy turning because I don't want you to become sleepy. And so if you have your Bible and you want to follow along, I encourage you to do so. Matthew 18, verse number 1. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted, that means to turn, to reverse, course, and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So here the Lord Jesus speaks about humility, the necessity for humility. You know what it says about Jesus regarding such? Let's take a look over at Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 6. He saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, speaking of Jesus, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death, and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect... He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. We see here, called of God, verse 10, and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Our Lord was obedient unto death. He didn't pull the card and say, I'm the son of God. I'm not going to die. Certainly, I'm not going to die for wretches that have sinned against us and, and disobeyed us. But no, he saw the need and he 
made him, he, he came in humility, he came meek and lowly, submitting himself even to the death of the cross, as we've read. He learned obedience by the things which he suffered. We think about God, can God learn anything? Well, the Son of God, when he became a man, he did. God had not died. But when the Son of God became a man, he came so he could die. That's his fellowship in the gospel, was to give himself that the gospel would be fulfilled and have power to save. In Luke chapter 7, verses 24 through 28, he speaks here, and this speaks about the economy of our Lord. He says in verse 28, regarding John the Baptist, that John the Baptist has sent uh, a couple to come and inquire of the Lord if, if he's the one or the should, if they should look for another. He says in verse number 28, For I say unto you, among those that are, those that are born of women, there is not greater, a greater prophet than John the Baptist, but he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Fellowship in the gospel. John the Baptist is the greatest prophet ever. But the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist by the economy of our Lord. See, this fellowship in the gospel, it, it doesn't work like the world works, like our natural thinking works. It works the, the, way, the way the Lord has ordained, and humility is honored by the Lord. Submission and subjection to the Lord is what's honored. Obedience. It's one, say that, one thing to say that we believe, and, and we should well testify of it, but it's another thing to show in our lives that we believe. In Mark chapter 12, our Lord Jesus here is asked about the greatest commandment. And his fellowship in the gospel is revealed here indeed by his answer. In Mark chapter 12, verse number 28, we, we see here, And one of the scribes came, having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, Jesus had answered well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first, commandment of all, uh, first commandment, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he, and to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, to lo- and to love his neighbor as himself, is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices, where they offer the entire animal. And when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God, and no man after that durst ask him any question. Thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. We see in our Lord Jesus' fellowship in the gospel that that's exactly what he did. He does not give us a command that he did not keep. It says over in Isaiah, 
Isaiah 59, verse 18. It says there about the Lord that he, looking upon mankind, this is the way I understand it, he wondered that there was no intercessor. These people need an intercessor. And he wondered there's not a one of them that is an intercessor, that even knows to intercede. So you know what he did? He became a man. Again, I speak as a man, but he became a man and he loved his neighbor as himself. He could do for us. And he became a man and he did for us. That's his fellowship in the gospel. That's exactly what Jesus did. He loved his neighbor as himself. In Matthew chapter 20, we see him here teaching the disciples and and teaching us. uh, If we will hear, if we will believe him, if we will have faith uh, in uh, the gospel, this ongoing faith of the gospel, the work of our Lord uh, in our lives. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28, But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. There's hierarchy. The the mankind just loves hierarchy. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. You want to be great? He's talking to the disciples. We we think namely of the apostles. I believe he's talking to the, the entire body. He's certainly speaking to us today. You want to be great in the eyes of God? Be the minister. Be the servant. And here's the example. Even as the Son of Man came to be came not to be ministered unto, but he came rather to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That's Jesus' fellowship in the gospel. He's the master. And he came to minister and give his life. See, remember, when Jesus said in Mark chapter 8, verse number 35, he said, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. And that's exactly what he did. He gave his life for the sake of the gospel. That's his fellowship in the gospel. And as a man, that's his faith of the gospel. It's manifested in it. He is the his gospel is the only way that we can be saved. And and it's his plan, I understand that. It's the working of God, the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God indeed. But when Jesus came as a man, he came and did that in his humanity. He came and did all of that because he knew that that was the only way. And that's his fellowship in the gospel. He believed it and fulfilled it. Jesus, uh, one thing about, and, and I think it's become evident, I trust, you know, this fellowship in the gospel, one way that it can be defined is it is a ministry of a person. Hear me out. This fellowship in the gospel This faith of the gospel is a ministry of a person to people for the sake of the person. You hear that? This fellowship in the gospel is a ministry of a person 
to people for the sake of the person. We we follow, or our Lord Jesus Christ came and ministered to people, to sinners, that they might be saved. And he did that, in his example, he did that, uh, he, he did that for God. We are the benefactors of it, but he came obedient to the Father. Now, you and I who have been saved, is there a plan B for us to follow? No. <laughs> We're in that same ministry. It is God's ministry that we have been given to fulfill to people for His sake. Not for our sake, not for our accolade, but to be obedient that He would be glorified. In Mark chapter 2, verse number 16, when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? That's who needed saving. That's who needed ministered to. That's who needed rescued. He said himself, I didn't come to call the righteous, the self-righteous, but I came to call sinners to repentance. In John chapter 15, as we continue to look and see about our Lord's example in this fellowship, his fellowship in the gospel, we see this in verse number 8 of John 15. He declares unto our brethren there in, in that church, Herein is my Father glorified, John 6, 15, 8. Herein is my Father glorified. This is the way the Father's glorified. That's the title. That's, that's the headline here. That you bear much fruit. So we need to be fruit bearers. So shall you be my disciples. And so, the fellowship in the gospel for him was to be obedient and bear much fruit. And it was preached. Brother Stephen preached about it. He was caught off in the prime of his life. But by, by being willing to give himself, like he did, he's called many, 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 many sons to glory. And we are his fruit. So shall you be my disciples. If we bear fruit, it will be manifested that we are the followers and the students of the Lord. As the Father hath loved me, he says, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So he's obeyed the Father. He abides in the Father's love. We obey him. We abide in the Father and the Son's love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. You know, we have no source of joy within ourselves. But in Christ Jesus, we've got all the joy that there is. <laughs> he, in, in our personal selves, in our natural selves, we have nothing but sin, wickedness, and depravity. But we've been washed. We've been made clean. We've been made the children of God. We've been made joint heirs with Christ. We've been given... Exceeding precious promises. 
<laughs> we've got we've got joy. Amen. This is my commandment that you love one another. Do you think Jesus loved his disciples? He sure does. You think he loves us? He sure does. He does. He said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Fellowship in the gospel. Has he not proven his love towards us? Fellowship in the gospel. Have you and I, do you and I prove our love for him and for one another? We need to. That's fellowship in the gospel. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus did so, didn't he? What about you and me? You know what? And we can lay down our lives. It, it may be we might be called to lay down our lives like death. But you know what? We can take our lives and use a slice of our lives for the benefit and the help of our brothers and sisters in Christ. For the work of God. It's good to give it's good to give every dollar that is earned by each one that works, and you give that for the sake of the ministry. You give that in almsgiving to help out those that are in need. Indeed, you worked for that money, and you're giving of your time for sure. I don't want to, I don't want to sound to discount that. But listen, and there is a need for that, but listen. To give of yourself personally. To give of yourself your time, your schedule, your effort, our effort, our schedule, our time. To give of that. We can lay down our lives like that too. Freely. Willingly. In this fellowship of the gospel. That's what Jesus did. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I have commanded you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. And we've got it right here in this Bible. We've got it. We need to consume it. We need to feed on it. As one, one fellow said, we need, to, we need to chew on it in meditation like a cow chews the cud. That's kind of gross. But, but we need to meditate. We need to talk to the Lord about it, about what it means and how, how uh, it applies to our lives. And where we don't have clarity and understanding that the Lord would help us and open our eyes and our hearts to understand it. That we might live for Him. He said, For all things I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit. Yeah. Fellowship in the gospel is going to be a fruitful life for the Lord. And that your fruit should remain. You know, the Lord has hit me with this in recent times. It, and it's, and it's, not, it's not that it's bad. We, we in, in, our, in our work in the church, 
our, our natural tendency is to make it good and well for ourselves in our own now. But our Lord, all through the scripture, has always had a vision for the future. And you and I just don't need to take care of ourselves. But we need to have a vision for the future. In the fellowship of the gospel, there's a vision for the future. And so your fruit should remain. We, we need to be yielding fruit, but fruit that will remain. Not just fruit, not just that which will serve ourselves, but fruit that will go forward in the years to come. That whatsoever you shall ask in my Father, ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Fellowship in the gospel indeed. There is love found one for another. John says it in his epistle in 1 John chapter 3, verse number 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We need to be, uh, what's the scripture say? We need to be honorable uh, to all. We need to do well for all, but especially of them of the household of faith. This fellowship in the gospel. See, this fellowship in the gospel is not a thing that distances us. But this fellowship in the gospel is something that brings us near. The brother preached and he brought out a Hebrews there. We need to draw near for the sake of our Lord. We're benefactors of the blessing of that. We need to draw near. In John chapter 13... Lord Jesus' example, his fellowship in the gospel. We see here this uh, in verse number 1 of John 13. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, and that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Praise God! And the supper being ended, the devil having now put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the, the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, verse 4, he riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus saith unto him, saith to him, He that is washed needeth not save uh, to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And you are clean, but not all. Now he knew, he, for he knew who should betray him. Therefore said he, Ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and taken his own garments, he was set down again, and he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord. And ye say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that ye should do as I have done to you. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. And we don't hold to an ordinance of foot washing. And I don't think that's the point of what the Lord has given to us here. But brothers and sisters, in this fellowship of the gospel, we ought to be willing to wash one another's feet. Or maybe even tend to things worse than that, if it's necessary. Our Lord Jesus took care of the worst problem that we have had, and that is of our sin. It made him as if he was the worst sinner that ever was, being innocent, as our sins were laid upon him. He, he stood the innocent Lamb of God, but bearing all the sin of his people before God, and the Father turning his back on his own Son as he paid for those sins alone. He's the Master, and he came to serve. He came to serve people, his children. And we find that indeed, the fellowship of the gospel. There's an occasion there in Mark and other gospels where they came and they said to Jesus, um, they said to Jesus, your, your mother and your brothers are outside. His mother and his half-brothers are out there. And Jesus looks upon, upon those round about, it says in, in Mark 3, verse 34, and he looked round about on them which sat about him and said, Behold my mother and my brethren. He says, my mother and my brethren, my sisters, are those that hear the word of God and keep it and obey it. Isn't that something that the king, the son of glory, would, would say such a thing about us? That's the wonder of, and the blessing of this fellowship and the gospel. See, Jesus is not distant from us. He's very, very near. And we ought to be near to him and near to one another. In Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25, the example of our Lord Jesus Christ and his fellowship in the gospel, he declares in Matthew chapter 25, verse number 34, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of of the world, for I was hungered and you gave me meat, I was thirsty and you gave me drink, I was a stranger and you took me in, naked you clothed me, I was sick and you visited me, and I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhungered? When saw we when do we see you hungry? And fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink. When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in? Or when saw we, when saw we thee naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? Listen. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it to, unto me. Fellowship in the gospel. That's you and me. That's our other brothers and sisters in Christ. Across the nation and across the world. 
That's ministering, the, the, this passage doesn't deal with it, but ministering to those that are not saved and carry, caring for them enough to tell them about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we've obeyed him, if we've ministered one to another, that is this fellowship in the gospel. He declares in John thirteen thirty four, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Double emphasis. Triple emphasis. Double emphasis. He says, as I have loved you, you love one another. And by this love and care one for another, by this all men know will know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Fellowship in the gospel. Not an adversarial thing. Not, not a strife ridden affair and so in that we see we see this i want you to turn to first john first john chapter one and brother john he writes these epistles i think brother john old rough fisherman he he, he's a man he's a man broken down by the lord's love for him and i mean that in a good way i mean he is just amazed that god the son could love him so and so he just can't say it enough. And he can't find enough ways to say it, if you will. And, and so here we see that he declares in the opening of this epistle, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, heard with our ears, heard with our heart, which we have seen with our eyes, I laid my eyes on him, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled. Jesus said, touch my hands. Put your hand in my side. And, and, and I, I just, I don't, I don't have any scripture to back it up, but as the Lord would meet with them for that 40 days after his resurrection, I'm sure I would think they would come up and they would touch him. Just to know that he was real. We know indeed that after his resurrection, there were some that held him by the feet and worshipped him which our hands have handled, the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, fellowship in the gospel, that you also may have fellowship with us, that's one another, brothers and sisters, fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father. See, we don't have fellowship with one another and God's excluded. We have fellowship with one another. And having fellowship with one another, because we're saved and we have the Spirit of God living within us, when we fellowship with one another in this fellowship in the gospel, we're fellowshipping with our Lord. We fellowship with our Lord and worshiping him and praying unto him and reading his word and meditating upon his word and, and his work in our lives and bringing our petition. But when we fellowship with one another, we fellowship with him too. Because he's in us. He's with us. And this fellowship in the gospel is just that. And truly our fellowship... Uh, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father 
and with his son, Jesus Christ. When's this fellowship going to end? Never. As the brother wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The Lord's big on fellowship. So we come back to the book of Philippians. And you've been patient, and I thank you for that. In this book, fellowship in the gospel, faith of the gospel. What do we see further on in this book? What we see about Brother Paul's fellowship in the gospel and that he was a minister yielding willingly to the call of the Lord to go into Macedonia to witness to those folks in Philippi. And they were alienated, he being a Jew and most of them being Gentiles. They were alienated by that division, but by the work and power, spirit of God, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, they were united in this fellowship in the gospel. We see in him a manifestation of the fellowship of the gospel working in his life. And then by the virtue of them being saved by the Lord, they enter into this fellowship of the gospel. That testimony is all we've read that. We've seen about that. And then also in this book, we see about a man who was sent from this church to be a minister of a gift and and this was this had been this church had undertook to help out the apostle Paul when none other would help him out. And I just want to read a few verses here in closing. We we see about Paul and his ministry to them, and then the, the inclusion of them as the Lord saved them. We've read about that in First uh, Philippians chapter one, and we've seen about Christ in chapter two. And in chapter two, in the latter part here, we see in verse number twenty five. Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you unto you Epaphroditus, my brother, and companion in labor, and fellow soldier, but your messenger. He 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 had a message, he had a blessing, he had the 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 culmination of their fellowship in the gospel and their desire for the, the apostle Paul to help him in Rome. And listen to what it says. And he that ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick, near nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him. And not on him only, but on me also. Lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him, therefore, the more carefully to send him back home to Philippi, that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive Epaphroditus. Receive him, therefore, in the the Lord with all gladness, and hold such, hold him in reputation, because for the work of Christ he was near unto death not regarding his life to supply your lack of service towards me. Understand in those last words, lack of service towards me, 
the apostles not rebuking them or chiding them because they didn't all come or they couldn't come or, or because they didn't show up. They were just, they were hindered. But even in there, remember how we read how they were experiencing trouble like the Apostle Paul was experiencing trouble, like they had seen the Apostle Paul when he first came there experience trouble. But they sent this one man with a gift, with the necessity of life to help out the Apostle. And this man and his desire to be a part and to take his part in the fellowship of the gospel, he about died doing it. But it was worth it. He gave, they, they, he brought money, no doubt, but he gave of his life in this fellowship of the gospel, this faith of the gospel, to minister unto the Apostle Paul. Our fellowship in the gospel. I think also when Brother Epaphroditus was sick, who wiped his feverish head? Who held the bucket for him, if you know what I mean? Who went to go get the medicine or the doctor in that day? Who sat up with him as his breathing was heavy and laborious? All of those that did, they partook in that fellowship of the gospel. Because of Christ, that faith of the gospel... And may the Lord help us that we would do the same. Brothers and sisters, if it be that we continue, if, if things continue on in our country and in our world, that we become more and more squeezed by the government, by our culture, by those things, those crazy mad things that are happening in, in different regions, maybe coming to our region... We're going to need this fellowship in the gospel. We're going to need one another. Satan and the world would have us scatter. But we're going to need this fellowship and this support. And so may the Lord help us and bless us with his word. Brother Joe.